Welcome to HorrorFatal.com, almost live, where sarcasm goes to the movies and snark watches TV, with your hosts, the Horror Fatal and the Diva Mummy. Welcome to HorrorFatal.com, almost live, I'm your host, the Horror Fatal, bringing you this week's horror news, reviews, recaps, and information. As always, I ask you to like, subscribe, or both on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're listening to this cast on. Candyman. The urban legend is, if you say his name five times while looking in the mirror, he appears in the reflection and kills you. Who would do that? Candyman. 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 Well, we're still alive. Let's go. Trina, you broke the door. feel really connected to this neighborhood. Cabrini Green. It was the projects. I just moved in around the corner. The old candy factory. I'm an artist. You look up a candy man. He's the monster. It's part of this neighborhood. Why are you drawn to this? I'm hoping to spread the story all about Candyman. The mirror invites you to summon him. You should say his name. I dare you. Candyman. 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 Don't. Don't say that. Candyman. I think I made a mistake. I brought him back. Something's happening to me. He had a purpose for you to be another one of his terrible stories. I guess he found me. I am the writing on the wall. The sweet smell of blood. That was the trailer for the upcoming, well, was 2020, but 2021 version of Candyman. And that leads off today's horror news. In a shot fired, heard around the world, on Saturday afternoon, I think, uh, Universal decided to finally give us um, an update on Candyman. It was supposed to come out September 25th, 2020, but they have pushed it to 2021. Now, again, like I tweeted, I have mixed feelings about that, but I'm very, I'm also having sat with a couple of days. I'm actually pretty happy about it. 
I griped about it um, a couple of episodes ago, which has been a long time ago, and I will address my absence with you guys um, at the bottom of the cast. But right now, um, I, I, I felt some kind of way, as they say, back, I guess about a month ago, maybe even a little longer, a month and a half or whatever, when they decided to push Halloween Kills back. I I expressed my support of that and also griped about the fact that they were continuing to push um, Candyman out this year. And the reason why uh, we all know is the reason um, COVID-19 is still very much among us, especially in the United States. I think we're rounding 6.5 million cases and almost 200,000 deaths. And where I live in Los Angeles, there is no movie theater to be going into at all they are still closed um i think they might be planning to try to do reopenings in a few weeks i don't know um but i do know who wasn't planning on going into a movie theater and that would be me and um i'm fairly healthy but i had a a incident an unrelated incident this summer that i i'm just gonna stick with caution and and so i didn't feel comfortable going into a movie theater which broke my heart because as many of you know i am a candy man stan i um tony todd and i know you're probably not listening sir but thank you for retweeting me and following me on twitter that makes my whole life <laughs> i am so honored i i i i i i'm one of those people that believes that candy man the whole franchise in its entirety and Tony Todd and they just do not receive to me the proper horror adulation that the other um, franchises get Tony Todd is a horror villain and I mean Candyman I should say but um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not making that his only work because he's done other work but that's his his diploma as they say and you, he, he doesn't get the respect to me, in my opinion, and if you don't agree with it, that's fine. But he, he, he doesn't get the opinion that Robert England gets, um, uh, can't even think of his name. See? That, <laughs> but um, the, the guy that plays Jason, I can't think of his name right now, I'm so sorry. But he's, he's the, the, most, the most well-known Jason. Um, he... he Tony Todd just doesn't get the adulation that he deserves to me. We we never, when they do murals and stuff of the big horror villains, it's always Jason and Freddie and Michael Myers. But I do think uh, Candyman was, was in, is important of a, a horror villain, especially for black people. He's ours, and he, just, he should be added to that roster of adulation that the other villains get. And I just don't think he does. Anyway, so that's a the ramble for today so when they decided to um push for it and put it in the theaters i didn't think that was really cool because i felt like it wasn't gonna get people there are a lot of people like me that are not going and not really there kane hotter by the way that's the jason i was talking about they're they're not going to be comfortable going into a movie theater for a long time and that in movie theaters i love movie theaters i do i love going to the movies that's probably my, one of my favorite things, if not my favorite things to do. When I moved to LA, I made it a 
my point to join the arc light so I can go see movies in the famous dome. And so when, you know, something big, a big horror movie comes out or a big action movie like a Marvel movie, it's really fun to get your ticket and to go into the and see those movies in the dome. And that's what I wanted for Candyman, to see that movie in the dome. So when they were pushing forward to go ahead and come out in um, September, which I think they were probably going to do like they did for uh, Bill and Ted, where it was going to be in theaters where it could be and on demand. And I just didn't think that was fair. <laughs> I didn't think it was fair and I didn't agree with it because they were pushing Halloween because they want Halloween to be this big fanfare and this big deal. And I thought that Candyman deserved the same thing. So that was what I was saying. I was like, man, they're not even going to give it a chance. And we come, we're coming off a summer of um, supposed diversity and inclusion. And I felt like what they were deeming the black horror movie wasn't going to get the fair shake. But I guess somebody heard me and thought about it. And uh, they moved it to be uh put into theaters i have the you know my epic my epk account and i they they sent me an alert that said that they had updated the press kit um on um the 11th but i do not see in it where they changed the date it still has the september 25th uh date on it so that's not correct but I do follow Nia DaCosta. Um, she's also not talked about enough. Um, this young woman who has directed a horror movie. A young black woman. Again, you know, people aren't talking about it. <laughs> They're not talking about her nearly enough, in my opinion. Um, uh, she updated her Twitter account. And let me just read to you. You can also go to, can follow her on Twitter at, at Nia DaCosta. But uh, this is what she had to say. We made Candyman need to be seen in theaters, not just for the spectacle, but because the film is about community and stories and how they shape each other, how they shape us. It's about the collective experience of trauma and joy, suffering and triumph, and the stories we tell around it. We wanted the horror and the humanity of Candyman to be experienced in a collective a community so we're pushing Candyman to next year to ensure that everyone can see the film in theaters and share in that experience she is absolutely correct that as we all know if we're you know horror fans and if you're listening to me you are that's the fun of it you know to to get the reactions and you react with your comrades that are sitting there with you and you don't even have to know them you know it's like don't go in there girl run <laughs> oh my gosh she fell these are the things that we have we we do when we go to see horror movies we scream laugh and and you know react together and i'm i like i said i'm not uh happy that we're not gonna be able to go into freaking movie theaters for god knows when again and feel safe but my anger is not to at uh, Candyman and to quote um somebody on twitter and i don't want to call out your twitter name because you may not be comfortable but um when i tweeted my tweet someone said that we should be mad at the situation and the leadership or better yet the non-leadership that got us in this situation where we, we're missing out on monumental fun and entertainment and just joy 
it's been kind of a joyless fucking year <laughs> and you know little things we need little little small joys you know we need and so we're angry at that but I'm not gonna tell you you know how you should think politically but I just wish people would keep that shit in mind we, we did not have to be here right now we did not have to be here right now okay speaking of lost joys <laughs> moving on to another story in horror news no trick nor treat <laughs> yep Halloween has been cancelled in Los Angeles <laughs> due to the coronavirus um, deadline reports that door to door trick or treating is not allowed because it can be very difficult to maintain proper social distancing on porches at front doors especially in neighborhoods that are popular with trick-or-treaters the la county department of health said in a guidance release close to the witching hour i have the whole thing um that i uh, that they released upon you know for la county telling you what you can and you can't do and it's it's really sad i don't really think i don't i don't know i don't know for sure i don't have any children but you know i don't it's just really sad <laughs> these kids are or this this generation of kids that are little kids right now man they're gonna have some stories to tell because they they they're missing out on basic childhood you know memories and things because of again the lack of leadership and i'm sorry if that hurts your feelings if you voted for that clown but you you, you chose him i did not um door-to-door trick-or-treating is not allowed um trick or trunk I mean, trunk or treating events where children go from car to car instead of door to door to receive treats is also not allowed. So you can't even do that. Um, gatherings or parties with non-household members are not permitted, even if they are conducted outdoors. No carnivals, festivals, live entertainment, and haunted house attractions are not allowed. That's a big deal for Los Angeles because uh, it's movie land. It's Hollywood. We have some bomb. <laughs> Let me tell you, man, we have some bomb Halloween things. Um, so, uh, I think Universal had already released, I want to say about two months ago, uh, that said they wouldn't be having Halloween Horror Nights, which is amazing. And I think they have, it, it's also in um, Orlando, too. I don't know if they're doing the one in Orlando, but I know they're not doing the one in Los Angeles, which is a pity because it's really fun um, to do. Um <sighs> It's just a big old mess, y'all. <laughs> it is just a big old mess. So, like I, I mean, again, I don't. I'm trying not to get political, but I'm just really angry right now that our lives have been upset like this, and I'm angry for all of us, not just me, because I don't have any kids. <laughs> so, you know, I don't. I don't know even what that's like or whatever. But I, I just think it's it's really messed up that we're having to alter our lives completely when it didn't have to be like this okay anyway moving on walking dead to end after a supersized 11 season norma Reedus and melissa mcbride spinoff set for 2023 okay deadline reports this zombie apocalypse series based on robert kirkman's comics is coming to an end in 2022 with an ex Banded 11th season. AMC has already given the go-ahead to a new Walking Dead spinoff star and fan favorites Norman Reedus and Melissa McBride in the roles of Daryl and Carol. 
created by um, Walking In showrunner Angela Kang and Dead Verse Chief Continent Officer Scott M. Gimble. This is yet untitled series will make its debut in 2023. Uh, people are still watching Walking Dead. That that part is interesting to me. <laughs> but carry on, I guess. Um, I don't know if I'm even interested enough in in uh, Carolyn Daryl to even watch that. Sorry, y'all. The puppy decides she's losing her mind right now. Let's pause and see what's going on. In other news, Scream 5 news. Deadline reports that Paramount Studios' co-production with Spyglass is now set to open January 14th, 2022, MLK Weekend. I'm not real sure. Okay, never mind. Jack Quaid, whose hit Amazon show The Boys, has found his next film role, as we are hearing, and he is set to also star in this Scream production. Uh, he joins fran- franchise cast members David Arquette, Courtney Cox, and uh, Nev Campbell, who will reprise their roles as Dewey Gale and Sydney, as well as newcomer Melissa Barrier um, and Jenny Ortega. The production will shoot in Wilmington, North Carolina. Scream is being directed by Martin Batelli Open and Tyler Gillett, and um, they both directed Ready or Not and VHS. Um, yeah, okay. I know everybody's all excited about Scream. There's word on the street, you guys, that they're thinking about killing off Sydney in this this new coming. How do we feel about that? I really don't have I really don't have a a a, a opinion one way or the other. I'm mad about them killing. Um, <laughs> I, I, um what was her, what was her name? See, I shouldn't even said it because I had a joke there and now I fucked it up. But anyway, um. I don't know. I just don't have an opinion one way or the other about them killing Sydney or whatever. There are a lot of people that feel that that would be just a, a rebuke or blasphemous occurrence on the whole series or whatever. Should we kill Sydney? Should we kill all of them and maybe try to get another generation and just be done with it? I don't know. Sounds like a thing to me. Because I mean, she's like, I'm, how old is Sydney? I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. so she's like a. a quite a like a couple of years older than me and you know how how much longer is she gonna be the target now i'm just asking not to be ages but i i you know i don't know <laughs> let's kind of move on now um this is important fangoria is relaunched as a multi-medium studio following the purchase um as you know some bad shit went down at fangoria this year um, but Wonderwall Entertainment CEO Tara Ansley uh, and entrepreneur Abby Goyle have purchased Fangoria and will continue operations with the same editorial team and the same quarterly release schedule. Additionally, Ansley and Goyle will launch Fangoria Studios, Fangoria Podcast Network, Fangoria Digital, Starlog Digital and Gorezone Digital in 2021 with Fangoria Studios aiming to produce and distribute both fiction and nonfiction content across the platforms. Hey, Fangoria, hello, hello. <laughs> you want our little podcast on there? Way to be inclusive, just asking. Um, these brands have been a foundational force in genre entertainment for decades and have inspired, influenced, and shaped generations of filmmakers, writers, actors, and fans. 
ourselves included and as I said in a statement we will continue to honor Fangoria Unparalleled Legacy as we propel a future wave of talent and show <laughs> storytellers with the innovative production and editorial slate that showcases the rare talent representative of our expansive community there could not be a better time to propel these brands to an exciting culturally diverse new heights um, not only are we forging into tantalizing new territories but we are paving the way for global creators to share their weird their varied heritage and perspectives in never before seen storylines that fit leave the genre fans hungry for more that's pretty cool so good luck and you know hopefully this 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 team of owners will be what you know Fangoria needs because you know we all read that magazine we've all we grew up on all of us grew up on that magazine and it it's you know it's it's for little weirdos and little monsters and little horror fans like us and like I said the stuff I'm not even gonna rehash it you can go back and listen to a couple of podcasts ago where I explained what happened or you can just google um this the garbage people <laughs> that previously owned it and um so now they have some good people it seems like they're ready to helm a new day for them so good luck to Fangoria and call me Fangoria <laughs> anyway Haunted Mansion movie is in the works Hollywood Reporter reports that Disney is building a new Haunted Mansion Kate Diploy perhaps known for her recent Ghostbusters re reboot and the hit comedy The Heat is writing a feature based on the popular ride for Burbank, for Burbank Studios. The Haunted Mansion ride debuted in 1969 was an immediate success. The premises theme park guests go inside a spooky and creepy manner that has a wide array of supernatural frights. It also features a graveyard's worth of characters ranging from the spirit of psychic medium Madame Leota to the skeletal bride to the cloaked hatbox ghost. Disney previously reported previously reported um I mean I'm sorry previously adapted the ride into a two, I mean a 2003 movie directed by Rob Minkoff and starred Eddie Murphy. I really liked that movie. It was goofy and silly and, and kind of fun. Just saying. Um the project took a broad approach to the material. The studio since has tried to reimage the feature adaptation with Gilmore de Toro who we love um because he makes these really beautiful visual films anyway serving as co-writer and producer Diplo was a writer on Parks and Recreation before segueing into films and movies scoring with the hit The Heat the 2013 comedy that starred Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy she worked on an all-female reboot of 2016's Ghostbuster combining laugh scares and also wrote Snatch the action comedy that starred um, Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn didn't love that. wasn't good. Very sad because Goldie Hawn is a is is, is a delight. Um, the 2016 Ghostbusters, I liked it. I thought it was really good. My um, niece at the time, she really really liked it. She was a little kid. She had no point of reference from the old ones. I hate to say it, and and watched those with her, but she liked it. She thought it was just fine. I know a lot of fanboys are really mad about the girls running around being Ghostbusters, but um, it wasn't a bad movie. It, it took way too much um, heat that it didn't rightfully deserve, but, you know. Small steps, small steps in the horror world. 
<laughs> we gotta take them. Anyway, Shudder conjures up a second season of Cursed Films. Yay! Um, season one of Shudder's second most watched series behind Creepshow was Cursed Films, which, as you know, was a series of documentary type um, shows that exploited the different uh, curses or different just weird and you know supernatural ish <laughs> um, shenanigans that went on with some of our most favorite horror movies they did uh, the omen poltergeist which I think was the probably the one that was discussed the most because poltergeist really did have a lot of shit to go down behind the scenes they did the exorcist the crow and the twilight zone movie which the twilight zone movie one and um in my opinion, it's just uh, John Lennon's is an asshole. <laughs> there you go. Sums that up. That curse is right there. <laughs> but season two, which is now in production, is set to premiere in 2021. Will turn its focus to a new group of cursed films, whose titles will be revealed at a later date. So we shall see. It's going to be interesting um, to see how they're shooting that. By the way. I guess everybody will be sitting there with masks on talking. Season 2 of Curse Films will be written, directed, and edited by Jay Chell, How to Build a Time Machine fame, and executive roots by Jonas Puppis and Courtney Dobbins from Muse Entertainment, along with Chell and Brian Robertson from Low End. So, there you go. That's some good news. Speaking of Shudder, and I am. <laughs> Shutter has expanded its streaming horror service to Australia and New Zealand. So if you are in either one of those nice countries, you can now get Shutter. Um, I was looking to see if they gave me a code. They did not. Well, anyway, but Shutter is available in Australia, New Zealand, and on the web, iOS, Apple TV, Android, Android TV, and also on Fire TV in Australia. The plans start at um, for Australia at five dollars and eighty-three cents, and New Zealand six dollars and sixty-seven cents. And you guys should be really happy that I didn't attempt to do an Aussie or a um, New Zealand accent because they are bad <laughs> my accents are bad but that rambling mess and a whole lot of news that was this week's and last week's <laughs> horror news growing up is worse than a near-death experience i can confidently tell you that because two years ago my babysitter and her friends tried to kill me The worst part is, nobody believes me. And now, everybody thinks I'm crazy, but I miss her. You're a weird little dude with a crush on a murderous, fictitious babysitter. We just gotta get you laid. That's your advice? That's what the f just came out of my mouth, ain't Cole, you're my best friend. You're not crazy. It's this place. We're all going to the lake this weekend. Just come with me. I already took my dad's car. just you and me. We're back! Oh! Let's go, Cole! Oh! You okay? You look like you seen a gorgeous black ghost. Don't worry, guys. 
I'm good. Where's Sonia? Getting cookies. I watched you all die. We are dead. Duh. Clearly, you guys are into some heavy cosplay. Just leave it be. Ow! Oh, yes! oh shit! Oh no! It's all gonna get done again. Update me on the Psycho Breakfast Club. They her blood cold, and they made a deal with the devil. They only have three hours to complete the ritual. We could hide out till sunrise. We finish this, we have to go back down to limbo. I love you, Cole. Could this night get any more erotic? Hey, Chloe. You're my kill of the night. I get killed first. That's some post-Jordan Peele era horror movie progress. Okay, so that was the trailer for The Babysitter Killer Queen, which debuted on fr Thursday, actually, September 10th, on Netflix. It is the sequel to, to the 2017 film The Babysitter. This film stars Judah Lewis, Aaron, Emily Aaron, oh, sorry, Emily Ellen Lynn, Jenny Ortega, Robbie Emil, Andrew Bachelor, Leslie Bibb, Hannah Mae Lee, Bella Thorne, Samara Weaving, and Ken Mar Marino. Um, the film continues the story of Cole Johnson, who is Judah Lewis, um, now a junior in high school, who must again fight to ensure his survival over one night as he is haunted by the demonic enemies, both old and new. Uh, it has uh, received mostly negative reviews from critics. I'm not going to give it a negative review per se, but um, it was not as uh, funny and uh, uh, clever, I think, as the first one was. Um, a lot of people didn't actually like the first one, which I, I thought was interesting enough because... <laughs> We're in a place right now, <laughs> and I'm going to get preachy again, see earlier in this show, um, that everything is so joyless right now. And so I think that this coming out when it did kind of served its purpose. It's supposed to give you a chuckle. It's not supposed to be taken as seriously. It's one of those kind of um, horror movies. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a horror comedy if you will and it, it does that again it's not quite as clever as the previous ones as the previous one I should say but it wasn't completely terrible so I don't know why I got so many negative reviews what have you anyway so like it's like it says in its um on its one sheet it does take place two years after the event which I thought was um incorrect I had to go back and look at that because I thought he was supposed to be like 10 or something in the first one. 
<laughs> but okay, I guess not. But I, I thought he was younger than that because he. The whole point was is that he had a babysitter. He might have been older or something. But again, I probably should go back and watch the first one. But anyway, um, and he's still a little weirdo. Oh, I mean, to the fact that I shouldn't call people weird, but <laughs> he's wearing like a corduroy three-piece suit to school with a tie you know okay teachers on I, I I actually I was very shocked to to see that he was still treated weirdly because I thought weird was a, a, a new fad now in high school that you were allowed to be weird and different and nerdy I thought all that was acceptable now I thought that these this generation was a little different in their in their thought process I didn't know they still were you know separating people in jocks nerds and, and cheerleaders but apparently they still are i guess some things never change or whatever but anyway he um doesn't seem to have any friends at all but the one little girl from the f previous film and she i thought it was weird because in the first film they had you know they, had, they made a big deal about them having their first kiss and i thought she really liked him or whatever but she's not even dating him she's dating a completely different person this jockey kind of kid that's I had I want to I should have looked up his that kid's age because he has like arms that look like Schwarzenegger and I was like he's he's a teenager you know <laughs> it was very shocking that they picked him to play a teenager um based on his size but maybe I don't know I, I don't I don't know any kids <laughs> to be quite honest but I was just like wow that's a big kid to be a teenager and I think that was on purpose because it's the same thing uh, but I don't think the other guy the previous uh, guy um, in the first film I don't think he was supposed to be a high schooler um, yeah this this kid his name is Max Maximilian Acevedo he's a big kid <laughs> wow yeah it's not saying his age but he's a big kid um, but uh he 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 plays his part really well. He's he's a, a goofball jock and everything that you would think that character is. Anyway, so he's surrounded by you know these you know more popular kids, but they're actually kind of weird too, which I thought was interesting. You know, even though this guy, like I said, is a jock, he plays Jimmy, and there's this kid Diego who apparently he had alopecia at one point and his hair grew back but his friend the girl is calling him a um i can't think of what she called him but you'll have to see anyway um they they come together and they ditch school and they go out to the lake and um you know and, and cole the character's there but he he keeps talking about being out of place and things go off and he winds up not to sp I don't want to spoil but he winds up battling like they say old and new demons because the old one the old girl the old they're ghosts now Bella Thorne and Robbie Amell who was Max and um uh they come back <laughs> kind of to seek revenge a little bit for what they went through that got that made them get their demise previously and there's blood so it, it's it sticks to the horror mail the jokes aren't as funny they didn't land as well and what i thought was interesting was um samara weaving who plays b in both films 
you know when I don't know when they shot this or when they shot the other one but I bet you it was um, prior to Samara's kind of Samara's become kind of a, a star now and I don't and I think they shot these movies before before she became you know the star that she's become you know I think she was shooting stuff so back to back and it just stuff started landing you know she I think she did Mayhem and Guns Akimbo and she did those three that three billboards movie and the the plume de plume I'm, I'm calling it for for right now anyway is ready or not you know which is a huge hit it was so good so well done and so she's become kind of a quote-unquote a little bit of a I'm gonna go ahead and deem her screen queen she's getting there for sure I said what I said and so the big deal was I think people saw her name her billing and was like oh where is Samara and she, I'm just gonna spoil you on this little fact she's not even really in this 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 sequel so it's like oh wow okay then um so I think her character's missed because B was kind of the character she was kind of she was way more important and uh interesting and so she's by her not being as front and center it definitely lacked it they tried in my opinion to uh change that up a little bit and and tried to make um the character of uh what's her name em emily alan lynn who plays melanie and she was remember she was a little girl in the film to the the, the uh, prior film but she's uh grown up and, and they kind of style her a little bit to kind of take b's place and that's kind of how she she's looking in this film or whatever and she she does what she can <laughs> um but she's just her character is just not as, as interesting as as b b's was but they try she's filling in for sure you can tell it um as far as the the lead character judah he's fine he's pretty much the same character or whatever i think they they tried to make him a little more uh goofy or not goofy it's the word but a little bit more nerdy a little bit more whatever because basically nobody believes him and they think they believe he's crazy they don't think anything um that happened in the first film happened which is interesting to me because i'm trying to figure out how the group of people went missing in that town <laughs> those you know from saying those kids that died in the first film how they nobody heard from again or thought about them again and that wasn't weird to anybody but okay carry on um, Ken Marino, who plays his dad, is back, and he's always fun to watch, as is the guy that plays uh, Melanie's dad. I can't think of her, his name, but you'll know him when you see him. He has a new muscle car to replace that first one. It's just as ugly, just as garish <laughs> as the first one. Um, Leslie Bibb was also really not in this as much as she was in the, in the previous film. But they continued. It was still um, directed by MCG or McG, and they're talking about a third one or whatever. I don't know if we need that. I don't know if we want that. Um, <laughs> but um, it's fine. I'm I'm not gonna completely take it outside in the back and shoot it or anything. It's fine. It it's fine for what it is. Like I said, it's it's to feel that to give you a little bit of kiki and try to make you you know chuckle for a second 
um the first one did that better uh this this one tries and it's it's it has some moments or whatever there's a the final scene um well I shouldn't say the final scene the final uh chapter uh, the shirtless guy he he's hilarious he's he's actually really funny um the, the things that he says out of his mouth as is Bella Thorne who I know people are really mad at right now from a completely separate situation but um her character's um funny as well um what's the what's that other guy I know he's a comedian I think he's a comedian in real life Andrew Bachelor I think is his name I wonder if that's his real last name, Bachelor. That's interesting. But um he he's he's also really funny in the end. Um I wonder what his uh let's see. We're gonna look him up really quickly. Okay, sneakerheads, uh Princess Bride, short. Uh he was on the walking dead. He must have died really quickly. Um <laughs> let's see. Okay, so he's done a lot of smaller things like workaholics and black G. Oh, he was on Black Jesus, that guy. Okay, well he's he's a funny a funny guy, and um, his character is always is fun too in this film as well. I don't know if we need a a new one. I I just don't. But they're they're saying that um it they could have a possible trilogy yeah i guess we'll see or whatever i don't know how that'll go um because they kind of tie it up a little bit nicely in my opinion um but you know there are they are saying that yeah it says uh yeah it says it setting recalls it setting itself up for a possible trilogy because of the ending okay i guess we'll see um again i'm not gonna go too further in in it because it's really kind of not like that like i said there were some kills there were some some um jokes some of them landed some of them didn't they continue with the whole comic book kind of thing that they were trying to um do in it uh what's the film you guys there's a film there um the guy that does these films like really really well he just did um what's the you guys know Edgar Wright um it kinda Edgar Wright has that vibe to his films that he directs where it's, it's very the way that they're shot like the Scott Pilgrim kinda thing and the world's end and he brings in that those comic booky graphic novel kind of elements to it and i feel like that's what uh the babysitter trilogy is trying to do um again it's not i don't know if it's landing quite as well um they flat out just had a a, a straight mortal combat old nintendo kind of fight scene in the film or whatever yeah okay but um again, I don't know if there needs to be a, a third one. You can currently stream the Babysitter Killer Queen right now on Netflix. If you if you want to, you know, just escape a little bit. It's only a, I think it's like um yeah, it's it's an hour and maybe 25 minutes. It's not that long, which we are thankful for. Um 
there's some kills there's some thrills <laughs> there are some jokes and that's about it i'm gonna give it a solid above me kind of thing um i wanted i wanted more from it i thought i was gonna get more from it i did not get more from it it's a solid me <laughs> um and that's it that was the review that was a rambling mess i started off with good intent i'm trying to figure out how i can't i can write them better than i can tell them which is weird but anyway it is what it is man i said what i said anyway coming up uh if you can go to horrorforsale.com you can see the trailer for let it snow which comes out on september 22nd which will be the review for next week's cast i've already watched it i have a lot of opinions um i'm gonna let you know what i thought of it it it's i'm not gonna spoil you i'm just gonna tell you um i'm trying to get a chance to have an interview with the lead um her name is ivana uh sock she's a um russian actor she's really good she was um what does she was just in um she was in a film that came out a couple of years ago that was really was uh What's her name? Um, well, she was in Pacific Room. She was also in what was I can't think. Um, the Spy Who Dumped Me. She played uh, the character of Nadia. Um, she was in High Fidelity, the TV series. I did not watch that. I think she was in a couple of episodes of that. Um, she's interesting. She's one of those interesting actors, and it'll be kind of interesting to see where she kind of goes from then on or whatever. But the the movie. I have thoughts. It's a really beautiful uh, trailer, again. So you can see that at horrorfatale.com. So cross your fingers, I can get that panned out to where we can have her to, to discuss that film with us. Um, I'm gonna ask you guys to follow me on the socials at horrorfatale on Twitter where I'm starting to live a lot right now <laughs> and on Instagram at the Horfatel. until oh wait I wanted to explain why I wasn't uh, recording for the last three weeks as you might recall uh, previously I had to wear an eye patch right I was wearing an eye patch for a couple of weeks because I could not uh, focus my eyes I had a thing called uh, double vision or whatever I don't know if I explained that completely so what I had was microvascular cranial nerve palsy or what I have I shouldn't say had because I, I now have it um and if you know anything about anything that's palsy the muscles stop working <laughs> and I had it in my head <laughs> in my nerve that controls my eye that's what happened and the doctor um, uh, I I was recommended to I was supposed to rest and I had to had to change glasses and get these prism glasses and these blue block it was it's just a lot anyway long story short I I never uh, I never stop kind of in my you, if you guys may have heard and during the day during you know when I'm not doing horror stuff I am actually for real believe it or not um I manage I, I'm, I'm a managing editor of a, of a magazine 
right? And it it takes reading constantly, reading and writing constantly, and that's what I do. And to not be able to use your eyes properly is not the thing. So I was told that I needed to really, really rest. And I never do that because I, I you know, I was like, <laughs> you can rest when you're dead. <laughs> and that's a stupid train of thought. But, you know, I found out that you can't continue to drive yourself and drive yourself because shit will, she'll, you're like a car in a little bit. You will break down. So I took that whole month. I think it's been a month since I've done a, whole, a podcast or whatever, maybe even a little longer to just kind of recuperate and try to, you know, rest that muscle and get better and I have now so hopefully shit stays good and everything stays good so that's basically what what happened and the reason why I wasn't here um I got a couple of uh dms and things like that and so now I've explained it hopefully like I said everything continues to go as the way they have been and I can get my hustle back on and I can get back into doing this because um, I enjoy doing this, like I told you guys, but I had to, for the first time, kind of put my health ahead, and I did, so here we are. So that's what I wanted to say and explain why I wasn't here, so I'm going to try to stay well and stay focused. I actually have some plans, because I'm going to, I want to do more with my YouTube channel, so more about that later, but anyway... Again, until next time, good night dolls, and everybody have some sweet nightmares. Have you ever heard of Candyman? And if you look in the mirror, and you say his name five times. In cities everywhere. Candyman? They whisper his name. Candyman. It's just a story. Candyman. Candyman. Just a ghost story. Candyman. An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated, and burned to death. Poor Candyman. <laughs> Helen, a woman died in there. Leave it. Everyone knows he isn't real. That's modern oral folklore. Everyone. Except Helen Lyle. Bernadette. It ain't safe around here. That don't scare too easy. Wanna know about Ruthie Jane? They ain't never gonna catch him. Who? Candyman. Who is that? She is about to discover. Helen? Get out! Get out! What's behind the mystery? I'm sick. What's behind the legend? Listen, he's under the bed! And most terrifying of all... Come with me. What's behind the mirror? He's here.